Howdy, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned into the fine, fine sounds of Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual. We're going to keep this, this one nice and tight and brief, and this time I'm for serious. Uh, this week, we're reviewing a new album from Flock of Dimes, a.k.a. Jen Wastner of White Oak. It is called If You See Me Say Yes. It is quite excellent. Uh, myself and Patrick are going are gonna to work through that. Uh, before that, though, we're going to take another journey into the streaming wars. You know, if that's not your thing, uh, I think the album review starts about 30 minutes in. Don't quote me on that, but you, you can find it. It's pretty easy. Uh, but if it is your thing, uh, Pandora has launched uh, a, a half measure, a, uh, a half price service. And uh, it raised all kinds of questions that I personally had not really considered before. So now we're going to consider them. Uh, and then at the back end, and then this is... I am, I am very, very proud to present this to you. Uh, our friend Mr. Aaron Abernathy, his album Monologue is coming out October 7th. Uh, it is one of the best albums of the year, hands down. In fact, he's going to be in here uh, next weekend. I'm recording this on the, on Sunday. And uh, we're going to talk about that. Uh, but uh, before we get to that, we got a little track that he just debuted uh, for that we're going to play for you. That uh, might be born a little bit from Prince in a good way. So stoked for you guys to hear that. So, so that's your podcast. So if you guys are ready, if you're comfortable, you're, you're, you're maybe thrown off guard by the short intro, but uh, who cares? Here it goes. Episode number 221 of Chunky Glasses, the podcast, where we're reviewing the new album from Flock of Dimes, If You See Me Say Yes. Okay. It comes here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just said... Shit sandwich. I will roll the record up and get an You want to talk some more about Tinder? Now that Michael's gone, I always <laughs> want to talk about Tinder. Let's say, just do Grinder. I say now that Michael's gone. Uh, Michael's on a future episode. Yes, y'all didn't know. Oh, no. like, yeah, y'all didn't oh, know we have time travel down here. And, and uh, I let Marcus Moore know about the clone closet. Oh, good. So yeah, space time continuum being messed with. Constantly. Yeah, yeah. We fuck with shit. That's what we do down here. Welcome back, Patrick. Uh, glad to have you back down here in so in the basement. Uh, we're we're finishing off our September. We're we're getting into Bonnie Vare season, <laughs> which is this is. Rapidly. Do you mean the season in which the Bonnie Vare album comes out, or the season in which you want to listen to Bonnie Vare and like cry and drink brown liquor and hide in a closet? Yes. No. Both. Yeah. Sure. Uh, we're getting we're getting up on Bonnie Vare season. Uh, but before we we get to that, we get to get a mighty fine album that just came out, uh, Flock of Dimes, which is the. Uh, Pseudonym of one Jen Wastner. You know her from uh, Y Oak. Uh, and you actually probably know her from Flock of Dimes by now because she's been playing a bunch of shows. Is that over the past few years, we watched this uh, this sort of one woman band develop, mm-hmm. uh, which we're going to get to in a minute. Uh, before that, uh, we got another, another, another shot fired in the streaming wars. 
And I, I like your idea, what you were saying uh, before we started this, about maybe getting a poster. I think I think we need to get... Who's the guy yeah. Who's the guy that designed the Star Wars posters? Oh, boy. They just had a thing on it about the onion, or yeah. the onion about it. I can't remember, but I think you need, like, a you know, the old Star Wars poster with, like, Luke coming out with a lightsaber yeah. and, like, Vader in the background. <laughs> so who's Vader? Title Spotify? Title P in their pants. Oh. And then... <laughs> <laughs> Title's like an Ewok, aren't they? <laughs> 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 I dude, that's that's hard to say because Ewoks are awesome. Right. Well, yes. So is title an Ewok? I don't know. How about how about a Jawa? Who's Vader? Who's Apple? Vader? Or is it Spotify? <sighs> Only one can be Vader. Man, um, that, man, that's tough because I see tough. I see I see mostly all good in this, uh, but maybe not after this shot that's fired by Pandora. Uh, Pandora being the company that tore apart our beloved RDO. RDO being Obi Wan. Oh uh, yeah, RDO is Obi Wan. RDO is Obi Wan. Right, so, uh, man, where's Paul when you need him? He would have this <laughs> shit like just sussed out real quick. Um, so, so at any rate, uh, was this now two years ago or was it what, last year? Almost two years ago, RDO. God damn. Uh, a year and a half. A year and a half. A year and a half. Anyways, uh, Pandora bought RDO for parts. Promised a new uh, interactive streaming service coming out uh, soon. Uh, we all knew that was not true. It was, it was not coming out soon. But now here we are, and they have, uh, they're just finalizing deals, I think, with, with all the major companies, just like everybody else. Uh, the difference is, is that they are wanting to offer their service as, uh, and I couldn't sort of make out from this article necessarily if this was like partially interactive or the same thing as. Just the exact same thing as a Spotify or, or whatever, uh, uh, but at at the uh, the not premium price of four ninety nine, so five dollars cheaper than the premium. Five dollars cheaper uh, per month per month, and and I and I I believe there's some stipulations on it, but it, so so you have the basic audio, uh, Pandora service, which is just the radio, yeah, and they get by on a compulsory license, mm -hmm. so just like radio, so mm -hmm. they don't have to pay all these specific licensing fees to get to interactive you do and and once they sign that and every other service that we deal with uh these days has those uh all those services are priced at 9.99 mm -hmm. or a hi-fi thing for what 20 mm -hmm. is that is that is that the price point um this seems fair this seems fair to us you mean the price yeah well, also, Pandora's getting into the game late. They're getting into the game late. And but, they need to make a move to try to pull. But, but Well, we'll get to that. But, right. but so, so that price seems fair to you. $9.99. I pay, I pay $9.99 for pay Spotify, yeah. Uh, I, I subscribe to Apple Music and Spotify. So I do This is from the man who bet me that Apple Music would be out I, of business. I owe you a bottle of bourbon, within, which shall be delivered six months. shortly. <laughs> um, and... Uh, so, so, so this price that we think is is, is the fair price now, uh, yet we still have people complaining that artists aren't getting paid, which they aren't. I mean, let's be clear; it's not really complaining if it's true. And 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 along comes into this marketplace Pandora with a service that may be comparable to it. We haven't used it, uh, saying no, no, no. The price is is four ninety nine, and this is what you want to pay now. I want to get you to sort of unleash on this little Patrick, but uh -oh. before but before we do that, I want, I want to explain this side of it. And this was a very interesting fact uh, that I hadn't considered in reading about this. If you consider that most people, 
um, you know, the, the music business has been in decline for decades. But it's because hadn't heard, hadn't heard. Yeah, but because most people buy one, two, three CDs a year, and then they have this streaming thing. And for you and me, it's a no-brainer. Like, of course, we want every song ever, but right, we don't often get outside our own heads in that way and and think like, what about the person living down in Waldorf, Maryland? He just doesn't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. They get one or two or three CDs a year. Paying 120 bucks a year is way more than one or two or three CDs. And uh, so why would you do that? So all of a sudden, just at at least in my mind, like this brought to light that there's a huge untapped streaming market. And now, uh, now I think, you know, these streaming wars have actually begun. So Patrick. Well, I don't know that I have anything to blast off on i i do think it's a big deal that pandora who has um a a not insignificant um loyal following yeah there are people who love pandora market share who, who love it and there are people who exclusively i've talked to people who i say have you used spotify they go what the hell spotify i use pandora so there is a section of the populace that is with pandora is on board with pandora when they're but if they're like me, when I first used Pandora, how come I can't play the song I want to play? Yeah. You just got to create a radio station. Why so do now I have stipulations Right, on so now they're going to get that option, and to be able to get it, if they understand what they're getting, is $5 cheaper than what the next best mm-hmm. option would be. I think there might be some people that can... I mean, if Pandora's going to have the, the catalog and the volume that Spotify has, or Apple Music has, for half the price... I mean, other than like sound quality issues and rebuilding whatever playlists and collections, I mean, what's the choice? The choice is it's half the price. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and and that is the choice. And, um, you know, obviously the deals are are different with every every one of these companies has a different deal with how much they pay for fees. It's it's actually a big problem. But uh, even if. As between the service and the record company. Yes. 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 Uh, even though if if there are some like minor stipulations like stuff is windowed, like if you pay the four ninety nine right. fee, you don't get Kendrick's new album, right, uh, or whatever, that becomes, to my mind, an immense value uh, for the the lean back listener. Right. And uh, Audio tried this actually right before they they went under. They tried the three ninety nine, and I uh, couldn't tap into it. At that time, it didn't make a lot of sense. It's like, why would you do that? But as as we look into like how this market has declined and how it's depressed, and just the way we all consume music, this uh, I I hesitate to uh, stand by this. <laughs> but you know, this oh may be the future, and and this this may be the scariest part of what we're going to be dealing with in the future. Because the second we go to this, you, I, I, what do you I, mean go to I, this? I do you mean that Spotify would try to compete by going to seven ninety nine right. or six ninety nine? Well, or what are we talking? Compete about? by going to four ninety nine. Well, if their product's better, they don't have to have the same price. But keep going. Yeah, yeah. So all of a sudden now we are in a instead of, instead of a, a race to to improve the quality, improve 
uh, improve, improve the layout, improve the sound, improve, improve the sound, improve X Y Z functionality. It becomes the, about improve the price pay, gouging, improve the payout to right, artists. Right. It becomes about price gouging, and it becomes about like loss leadership, and it right. becomes about getting to the lowest common denominator. The end result of this is right. back to free. So you you so maybe there's a four ninety nine subscription where you you get anything that has more than a hundred thousand plays. Mm-hmm. Some BS. So you just draw a line somewhere. Yeah. If you want more than that, you want the really esoteric, weird shit, you got to pay the extra five bucks. Sure. Right. Sure. So new music dorks are already going to pay it. Fine. Maybe. Whatever Whatever the line is. Four ninety nine. dollars You don't the, get anything that doesn't have a. a, a this but is as, three as years as all from these now. services get drive down in price, Less than then, a million then, like, literally, what's going to happen? I mean, Spotify's already doing this. You think that. Quality of the product's going to come down when the price comes down. I don't think the quality of the product's going to come down. I think the payout of the artist is going to get f- the artist is going to get f- fucked harder than they are now because. But the, isn't it already contracted out? So you said we need to go it, renegotiate all those contracts. It, well, it is, but if the if the artist is is contracted out and the money going into the labels, that's where how it's getting distributed. Mm-hmm. Like then, what is the label going to do? Uh, we're seeing how the marketplace is going, and we're going to keep up your rate of pay, or we're going to figure out a way to fuck you out of it. Well, and this yeah. is the first time I've fallen on this side of the streaming wars argument, by the way, mm. because I've I very clearly in, in in hundreds of episodes actually said, you know, the problem is not these streaming services; the problem is your deal with the label. Right. It's about the contract. But but if right. we have the ubiquitous delivery of music these days. And it essentially is is racing now back to free, you know, because I'm an advocate of it of it going up. Good luck with that. I know. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's going to go up. The it's sort of like the Bowie quote: "In the future, music will be like water; it'll just be everywhere mm-hmm. for free all the time." Uh, Are we ready to adapt? Though that that's I mean, honestly, if. If they say it's four ninety nine, you have to listen to one ad a month, and they use that revenue to even things out and be able to deliver on the contracts they have. Who gives a shit? Like I just don't. I don't know that we're in the level of specificity yet, where we know that the artist is going to get gouged. Is the artist probably going to get gouged? Yes, the artist always gets gouged because there's a middleman. But like, how do we? So we pay nine ninety nine to not hear an ad, right? And to have better sound quality, and to have this and that. So how many of us are going to jump ship to the four ninety nine with one ad per like hour? Well, I'm, <sighs> you, I'm not even going to think about it, right? Until, unless I read an article or someone convinces me that I can get the same exact thing minus one little chunk of I got to listen to one ad a month or something for the same price. And so, and, and the other problem that you and I have discussed on this podcast before is if you tell me I've go to rebuild on my playlist that I've built up yeah. on Spotify oh, over the sure. past five years. Get out of here. I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'd rather go listen to CDs. Yeah. So there's that issue as well as investment and time. And that's what I mean by Pandora got in late. They, it, you're, you're playing this out as the future is price gouging, which you may be right. The other future is Pandora dies on the vine here because this is a this is a hail mary a little bit. They're getting oh, in here. This is a big hail they're mary. They're getting in there this is super a huge late. Hail mary. And if the ball is picked off metaphorically to to go to Paul's sports me- uh, yeah. metaphors, yeah. Uh, then then it's not going to matter. So, uh, I mean, I just don't know if I. 
think this is going to change anything just yet. Like if Pandora suddenly pulls like 20 million people out of the air and has 20 million people paying 499, then we're right. going to be talking about something or even 10 million people. Right. But right now they don't. No, and we're, we're in the early days of this, uh, this right. offensive. Right. Like, so, so they're, they're like the, they're like the Lando Calrissian of the <laughs> streaming wars. They're trying to get in late yeah. and make that, that bold move at the end. Yeah. Anyway. They're, they're making the dick deal, man. Yeah, they're screwing somebody over, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't know if it's going to matter. I mean, if Spotify has to charge me less for the same product, I'm not going to be mad as a consumer. I might not appreciate that. But it, the somebody, possibility but, that but, artists are getting paid less, right, that's not right. good. So, so once that once that hits you, though, like it, it, if, it's not if, about if you're me. Pay- it's about the 10 million people who aren't going to care and go same product, less price. Sure, fine. Why not? So, so. In this future where music is like water, I don't know if it's a future <laughs> well, like it is now. Is it? <laughs> is it? Is it better than um, that? It it just be free that the information be free, man. Or because like well, the reason not information, the, well, the, but, yeah. the, the reason I'm an advocate for like this this cost going up is because we have all these problems. The, the labels are dicking over the artists. And then artists going directly to them are still kind of getting dicked over because they're used to dealing with, uh, with these labels, and so they don't know, really know what to do with it. And uh, part of that is because they pay out so much to the labels right now. So if they just increase the price, they may lose some listenership. I mean, Spotify it doesn't really matter because they fucking they they have a free tier. But I mean, if you're looking at Apple Music, like that, that is growing. It's continuing to growing and I, I really every time, like I kick myself when I have to phrase this. Like the interface has gotten so much better, like across all the devices, and it will continue to get. And better. it will continue to get better, mm-hmm. and it is it is the de facto uh, music player in our house. Mm-hmm. So, so in this world where we we are again, this is the re- the reason I'm concerned is the ubiquity of the of the technology. How, like, I I used to like not make fun of, but like, not really side with artists who were like, yeah, fuck that streaming is gonna ruin shit. But if but if everything dives down to free, why would you put your stuff on streaming services if there's no chance of you making money? Because then you have to get paid. You have to get paid out the old school label system. And you, they they basically invest in you, and you have recoupables, and it, there's no. You see where I'm going with it? Yes, but I, I'm being a little alarm. Still, I'm being a little alarmist. Yeah, but... I don't know. It's, we're in a basement. Yeah. There's a bomb shelter. Um, I think that there's still going to be ad revenue if you bring it down to the free level. I don't think any service is going to ever say you can listen so to us for free so, so and it's. To- and there's no ads, so there's always going to be ad revenue. So that's one thing. But why? This... If you can drop the four ninety nine without ad revenue, and then somebody is like, "Well, you know what? Fuck you. We do it at three ninety nine. The end result is zero. That's that race. That that's look at T Mobile. Yeah, but you're, look, look you're, at T Mobile right now. Like, oh, you want to stream all your music? That's free. You aren't going to eat into your data plan. 
We've already well, seen it in telecommunications. There are contracts where the service provider has to pay out any royalties they to the do. record company, which then eventually they do, in some but this reduced absol- form this goes to the artist. The consumer but for- you're saying if the service provider, the Spotify or the Pandora, is not actually making any money, then they don't have right. to pay shit, is what you're saying. Right. But there has to be some contractual agreement between the label and the outfit pl- uh, allowing you to play the, the tunes, where mm-hmm. there is a per... Unless they're totally, totally idiotic, a per song, per album, play past 10 seconds or whatever the rules are. Like, there has to be some rule. So someone's going to get paid. Um, I do think that what you're driving at is sort of the same problem that, and I don't know, you and Paul have maybe touched, us, touched on this in a podcast or two, like, it's sort of the TV problem, like, do you subscribe to cable now? Do you get Apple TV and get the you right. know Hulu and all these five different things? Like, what's the best way to get content so that you can get the stuff you want without you know? We're, we're actually having in the process. Of, we're in the process of uh, right. canceling our cable, right? Because right, we got so an it might be time to be like, I'm not going to you know if you can get Pandora for four ninety nine. And you can buy what you want on Apple Music or Tidal or whatever to supplement that. You might not need it Spotify. I like Spotify, but that might be a better way to go for a lot of people. So I think you are on to something. I just don't think the sky is necessarily going to fall because it's a little cheaper. I think these companies will figure out how to build back money in somewhere else. Or they'll change the rules. Money to themselves, though, or, or money to the artists? Because well, they have to meet their commitments. So they do have to. If right. they, well, well, they're, they're going to get sued. If they're public. Right. Well, or if they have a contract. But yeah. um, so there's that. I also think, like, part of the thing I was reading today that I'm starting to wonder about is, like, is Spotify actually making a profit? 40 million subscribers. Are they no. making money? No. So is this, like, but, but this, is this like Amazon? Are they just waiting to get bought by somebody? Like, what is this? But to and, and you just this, build up market share to the point where you well, I'll suddenly tell you, become and, and valuable is, and you go public, and then you we're, have. We're going to go on rumor mill mode, and this is like we're, I, I apologize for for kicking long on the news news segment. Uh, but you know, this is you've heard us talk about this all year, so this is what we do. Uh, there, the rumors picked up uh, last month, and now they're picking up again that Facebook might buy Spotify. Mm-hmm. Now, if that happens, Spotify becomes a free service, period. And sure. granted, they are they are backed by shareholders of Facebook. They are, they have the money to pay for it. They they will figure out another way to do it. But I but I guess it's this commodification of the way the streaming market worked for me, or the way I looked at it. It was very uh, democratizing. And and maybe maybe the answer is Bandcamp is going to win in the end. Maybe Bandcamp <laughs> is the answer. But but what you have is this: if you're on a label, like they're going to put you on that. Like it, they would spend maybe a million dollars in marketing if you were a low level indie band, and all of a sudden they don't have to spend anything because they can get you out to right fucking 110 million listeners. Uh, as it gets like cheaper and cheaper then those contracts just go away because they just they don't have to pay you any money because they can get it from everywhere a contract is a contract though yeah. if, if the if the plays are happening and the the payment that's supposed to happen based on the play is not occurring there's going to be a lawsuit right but the the right. The, the contracts right now aren't based on the play and no label is going to actually say uh yeah you get this this per play 
Like they, they. What is it based on then? I mean, right now it's based on like honestly CD sales. Like that's that's actually a big part of the problem. None of this digital bullshit was like negotiated. No, but I mean the contract between the record company and say Spotify. The so that's based on royalty payments, right? That, and that's based on legislative royalty payments. So, so well, not legislated, but uh, well, in in some cases, in in Pandora it was, but it's it's based on the rate they they say this is what this stream is worth. But as an artist, you never see that, right? So if if Facebook is owning Spotify and they're just like sort of essentially covering the cost, it it doesn't end well. <laughs> Your dystopian nightmare may not may or may not happen. I mean, I think there's some truth to the notion that Spotify is positioning itself to be purchased by another entity. Yeah, that can better monetize long Paul's theory right this the, right this the subscriber base that they've built up and the quality they've built up and the trust they've built up but and maybe Apple buys Spotify although everyone thinks Apple's gonna buy Tidal now isn't that yeah, yeah. Apple's gonna buy Tidal so, so Apple by Tidal Facebook will buy Spotify and then it's just Jobs versus uh well Jobs is dead it's uh Apple versus uh what's his face Zuckerberg Zuckerberg yeah so um yeah I mean I there, there are still contracts governing this, and people still have to get paid based on those contracts. Now, it may not be the amount we want them to get paid, but unless and until there becomes a new set of contracts that people are more clearly not going to get paid on, I don't know how to react to it. Like, it's... I just don't see... I don't see how the bottom can totally fall out. Okay, because uh, if because if there's ad revenue or there's revenue, period, and there's a commitment to psh, be, to be pass some of the revenue on to the record company, who then passes it on the artist. And if you're an artist, again, we say this every time: get a direct deal with Spotify yeah. or whomever. Don't get it Absolutely. with the record company. But like, if there's if that's still a legal obligation, I don't see how that goes away. Well. But maybe you know over time, if if well, what this what this, and and I think we're speaking to two different sides of this. Is like right. you're speaking to the the contracts that are writ. Yeah, I'm speaking to like the sci-fi version of this. No, <laughs> there are laser beams involved, and and Gus is lined up to talk in the mic. That's awesome. Uh, no, I, but I, I I'm speaking to the uh the, the next year the band that is like trying to decide what they want to do. They want to. Sign with the label? Do they want to get on completely independent? Do they want to? Do they want to quote unquote sign with Spotify as a de facto label? Uh, if it if it gets absorbed by Facebook and then and then the price becomes free, then they are becoming a de facto label. And then that is, uh, I I my fear is that it just devolves into this thing like, well, it's it's exposure. Which is the worst thing for up and coming artists right. in the world, and, and that you know, this is yeah, and this is on the other side of the argument that we've made since we started talking about this, where and, and I still believe this, like if your stuff right now is not on streaming services, you're, you're not fooled. in the game. Yeah. You're not you you don't want to win, but 
if it becomes that there is no value to you, there's no possible value to you because these get commodified to the point that it's just owned by two big companies that aren't really that interested in paying out. If it out. becomes two essentially quasi-monopolies who yeah. only buy, five years from now, only sign a, a contract with Merge, for example, mm-hmm. because they like, the Merge has one, let's say, oh, God forbid, and I used to like this artist, but let's say Father John Misty becomes insanely popular in the next three years. So becomes? Spotify says, we'll give Merge a million dollars a year to have all the Merge artists. And Merge says, okay, fine. And then Merge signs an agreement with Father John Misty that says $999,000 of the million dollars goes to you. The other 50, 100 artists on Merge get a dollar. Right. Like that scenario is obviously a bad deal for everybody. And if that's where we're headed, then that's bad. But right now, the good news is maybe... So so you read price gouging as a reduction in the total amount of revenue that can be generated by music Absolutely. proper. Absolutely. I read it as this this entity got in late in the game. They should have gotten in a year or two ago at least. They need to do something bold and drastic to get them to try to get them propel themselves ahead of the two certainly the major player which is Spotify and the second major player which is Apple Music. And the other third part of the strategy is that they can build up a big enough subscriber base, someone will buy them. Okay. So you're thinking it just gets conglomerated. Yeah. And maybe it does, but like conglomeration kind of should have already happened a little bit. Don't you think? I mean, well, well I'm all, amazed all that music, Spotify has held out this all, long. All music in the world, except for independent artists is owned by three companies. So yeah, it, it kind of did happen. What are those three companies? Apple, Spotify, no, 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 uh, Warner, Sony, BMG, uh, and uh, I, Time I, I, Warner. I, I'll have to look them up. Okay, but but it is owned by three companies. I understand that part. I just don't. In terms of the streaming wars, it, we're still talking about people getting, on some level, connecting payment to the amount of times a song gets played. Hopefully, um, right now there are contracts writ. If in the future that means the contracts have nothing to do with how many times something gets played, right, or it becomes that sort of dystopian future we're talking about, then it's a different right. thing. I don't know if I see this move as the beginning of the dystopian nightmare of people could make the like the white album and never see a red cent. Then I don't know. Like that seems crazy. It is. Uh, having just been in Canada, I, I can tell you, come back like we're here. <laughs> we are in the apocalypse. Uh, so uh, politically speaking, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I put a bunch of links in the show notes for that. Uh, right, I didn't now. mean to resist that so hard. I just don't. No, no, no. no I just no, don't know. If no, I... resistance is good. Resistance is good because, like, it's, it's something also futile. But... It's something we need to like. We're literally wasting your time, listener, like figuring this out because it is, it is a big what the fuck question. Um, there's a lot of questions, but. Maybe we answered some right now. Uh, right now, though, we're going to answer the question of whether or not uh, Fuck It Bombs album is good. You ready? And if the wires could reveal themselves, we could begin to trace the ins and the horizon of our lady. As if the force of it can be controlled, as if sight is an object we can hold. Our voices float above the depths of you What we cannot permeate Come on 
Semaphore. That is the that was was the first single off of uh, Walk of Dimes first solo album out now on Partisan Records. Uh, if you see me say yes, uh Walk of Dimes, as we were saying up front, is Jen Wasner of Y Oak. She is born and raised in in Baltimore, Maryland, a uh, uh a town that has always been musically uh just awesome. It continues to get better. Like continues to just crush it. Uh, whether or not you're talking about DIY, whether or not you're talking about stuff coming out, Laura Dens is up there. Jana Hunter uh, is doing amazing work, uh, her and her man up there right now. Um, she has been developing this project for, shit, a good five years. Maybe? Wasn't the first thing like 2010 or 2011 or something? Might have been. Um, it, and it's been fun and uh, sometimes cringeworthy watching her develop this because... Uh, if you've ever seen her perform or, or talk to her at all after a show, stuff, uh, she has a, a real love for for the music and what she does. And uh, the first time I saw her do this Flock of Dimes thing was back at Black Stage here in D.C. And it was watching somebody who just got a bunch of toys being like, hey, do you want to come to my 80s dance party? And it was great, mm-hmm. but it wasn't anything like... That was like it. It was definitely using her her quote unquote celebrity to be able to do this, and mm-hmm. and maybe more people should do this because I think the results are on this album. You have you have a collection of songs that that it, it, it's created by a person who is not just a seasoned songwriter, a seasoned musician, and in in a time when all these people who are trying to move towards pop as some sort of rebellion, right. Like she's moving toward it as like no 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 this is in all our DNA and uh, here we go and she, and what you have here is kind of an amazing pop record uh, with that, a super eighties foundation with a super eighties foundation right and the type of pop rep- record that you wouldn't hear uh, or you would have heard like it would have been on the uh, MTV Top Twenty and uh, might have been one hundred twenty minutes. There's some you think one hundred twenty minutes. I think there's enough that's weird about it that it wouldn't have necessarily been mainstream well then maybe one or two songs it's uh like i think um everything is happening today it might have been on the radio yeah in the 80s i'm not sure the rest of the songs would have been i think that song definitely would have yeah, been yeah. but it, but it would have been by a superstar it would have been like right. somebody who is you have your superstars and then be like oh here's this band from so and so uh, lots of big hair. She would have done spray. a demo in Taylor Dane. Yes, no, would have picked Dane it up. Good, good call. Taylor Dane. Yeah. Up. Uh, who's who's the one from Australia that everybody that was big back then and is now? Oh, the woman that did uh, I'm Blue, Kylie Minogue. Yes, Kylie yeah, Minogue. Yeah, sure. exactly that type sure. of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, is you know if if you paid attention to her career with Y Oak, uh, we reviewed Shriek, which is not their last album. The the last album was Tween. Right. Uh, and that was their. I think Shriek was their first album on Merge, though. And uh, we didn't review it well. And the problems I had with it at the time were that it felt like it was being infused with this stuff. And I had seen her play this Flock of Dimes many times. This stuff that just was not necessarily the identity 
of of Wyoke and what they had done before. And and after hearing this, I'm going to stand by that. Hmm. And, and and I think you know it may have been a diversion uh, from what she was really interested in because the again what the product we got this is this is a when you can have stuff like Beyonce you can have stuff like uh Rihanna you have these great pop albums and then have this person who's this is essentially a DIY album uh for the most part pretty well produced yeah for it's DIY pretty well album. produced DIY album yeah. but it's like it's one person it's her with some other players Does she played bass on this played a lot of things on it uh produced wrote it like everything and mm. Uh, you have what I want pop necessarily to sound like in 2016. Uh, if it's not going to be uh, Xenia Rubinos, mm-hmm. um, and it it wasn't unexpected, right? But I'm really happy <laughs> about this album. Well, I don't know where you want to go from there, but I think the number one takeaway that I have from this album, whether we end up buying it or not, is what a great um, gutsy choice mm-hmm. for somebody who's kind of based in rock in their other band yeah, um, to go do something that is this electronic and synthy and 80s vibe-ish um, on a scale that, even though it's DIY, it sounds pretty professionally recorded. doesn't sound like she's toying around in a garage. It sounds like real studio stuff. Yeah, and and well, and there yeah, is like me studio stuff. right, and there is a nice run of songs on here that are pretty solid, and at the very least, like when you see an artist who you respect and like for the most part, go do something that succeeds generally, but is totally not what you expected. You can't help but stand up and applaud it because it means their other songwriting is going to get better and more interesting. Yes, and it means they're going to grow as an artist, and it means. Maybe they keep pushing this out, and this is the first step in the next, you know, in in, in the next thing. So, mad applause at a thirty, forty thousand foot level uh, yeah. for for just pulling this off I, 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 at the quality that it is. And, and I think I think it's important to note here that, like what you said, is like people looking at that, like, oh, they can they can do this now. Um, there's a lot of times in these uh, indie rock scenes, and and in whatever scene you're in, where you where People are people are definitely told they can't do something, right. but it's unexpected that they can do something, and and people often just hew uh, to that. They they just stay in their lane, mm-hmm. and and they do this. And the reality is that no great, truly great art is, and I'm not calling this great art, but no great art is created that way. Right. And uh, a good song is a good song, and if it it manifests itself as Y Oak, which was a combination of guitars and, and drums, mm-hmm. uh, a, an expert combination. Like if you haven't if you haven't seen them perform, first of all, like her Andy Stack playing keyboards with one hand and drums. I mean, this is this is one of the. If you haven't heard Civilian. If you haven't heard Civilian, right. um, get out there and do that get now. Do uh, but anytime I think we see someone who just whether she struggled with it or not, we have no way of knowing. Right. Uh, but I think she might have a little. There's, a, if you look on the partisan page, there's a letter written from her friend who's a writer, uh, talking about all these sides of of Jen Wasserman that she knows, and saying, uh, you know, but then there's this side that is like fearless, 
as far as what she wants to do in her art and this and I and she's like at the end of it, like after hearing the record, I'm so glad mm. you let that version of you make this record. And and I think that might be you know, she's been hanging out with she went on tour with uh Sylvanesso, uh, which can be nothing but a good influence. <laughs> they are uh great people. And and look, you know, that clearly this is a synth record. You know what Sylvanesso is good at? Yeah. Synth. Right. Um and uh and in fact she moved down to Raleigh. You left Baltimore, her family, her scene, and, and went down to Raleigh. And if if it was a struggle for her to like, if, if if this was a thing, I don't think that's necessarily the story that people should be talking about here. Right. But I think people should be grateful that it, that it happened because out of it you get like at least good art. Yeah, so you reminded me of, remember when Stallone did that Copland? Yeah. And he put on weight? Yeah. And then, like, he didn't get nominated for an Oscar, and everyone thought he was going to, and someone interviewed him later, and they said, are you ever going to do something like that? And he goes, the only thing you get from stretching is stretch marks. Like, <laughs> like this is the opposite of that. This is the opposite of this that. This is like someone stretched and put themselves out there and did a, it, the delivery is, is very good. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're I think we're both super happy with the notion that an artist we like and respect went and pushed herself out, challenged herself, found this thing within her, developed it out and, and developed it into something unique and you know, shined up the gem and made it really, yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, good and, and and it, let's hear a song right now. And I, I wanna um this is one of the ones that really jumped out to me, especially as I listened to it today. Uh simply because uh you mentioned this before, pedal steel. Some- but it's super electronic, and then one of the most like Americana instruments yeah. of all time yeah. is mixed in with it. Uh, yeah. The name of the song is "The Joke," uh, and it has some mighty nice pedal steel flourishes. So, here's the joke from our flock of dimes.
That is the uh, the joke <laughs> off of uh, Pocket Dimes. If you see me say yes, nice little nice little pedal steel. Ah, uh, it, uh, it you can't even believe it's pedal steel at first until the like last minute. And then you go, oh wait, that really is that pedal really steel. is pedal steel. And I mean that that's a sign of that's uh, that's just adventurous songwriting. Brave, like not being a, not super not cool. being able to mm. not not being afraid to take stuff that she clearly loves and uh, and mix it with this other stuff that she clearly loves. Well, and she didn't just mi- mix the pedal steel with synths on that song. That shimmery, weird echo synth that yeah. she plays it against. It's like this, like it's so the opposites. Yeah. Uh, being pushed together in a way that works in a great yeah, way. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think at the end of the day, like this is her. If if you didn't know, I mean, I, I knew, and and you can ask Daria. Uh, she knew. Uh, the first time we saw them, we saw them open up for Blitz and Trapper. Yeah, we knew. Like, uh, holy, what what is up with this person? Well, who great is, voice too. Great voice, tremendous yeah. vocals. What what is going on with this person named Jen Wastner? Yeah. We're like, fuck. This is uh, is it, she? They were in fact the first band we ever covered live. Oh, really? Yeah, hmm. yeah. Um, and was, they played at a church, and I accidentally uh, I didn't know who Andy was. <laughs> nice. And I walked up to him. Is your kid shoot? And I'm like, I don't know. I was like, yeah, uh, but um. You know, I, I, yeah, I feel like this is a coming out for her of even though Wyoke is still going relatively strong. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Tween got like good reviews. That hardcore following, hardcore following. But People this is a Wyoke. coming out for her right. of being like, okay, I've been doing this for what, like, you know, six, seven years. Is it? Or maybe it's been ten. I don't know. Uh, it's been a while. I don't. Well. Because there's an album before Civilian, right? There's two albums. Two albums. Before. Okay, so yeah, it's probably close to ten. Yeah, Civilian's like 10. 2012, 2013. And and just just now hitting this stride of of it's uh, it, you know this is under the name Flock of Dimes. It's a solo project, but you see where this could plug into honestly any like, she can be writing hits. Yeah, well, that's what we were kind of saying, is like, uh, everything is happening today, the fourth track on this could have been on the radio in the 80s, probably. Yeah. I mean, maybe not super pop radio, but it could have been on the radio. Um, it's it's very poppy, it's got a definite, a very irresistible beat, and she knows how to construct a song. And uh, You know, I think a lot of these songs are built around this design of like, they start out kind of bubbling mm-hmm. for about 45 seconds to a minute. And then there's like a syncopation that kicks in right about then, which is also sort of an eighties yeah. uh, trope. Yeah, for sure. Um, that really works. You got to set them up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You got, well, you got to build something. It's like so the moody good. blues, your wildest dreams. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think everything about this in, in endeavor should be applauded regardless of where we come out on it, I think, like, inarguably, or even though everything about music is subjective, I think I might say objectively, the four-song run from Joke through Everything is Happening Today through Semaphore into Ida Glow is, like, a super strong, really, um, well, just tremendous four-song run that shows all kinds of range, but also shows 
she's sort of operating within certain identified parameters about how she's going to structure songs and what instruments she's going to use at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like just the execution of those four songs right up front on this album is really something. It's not to say I don't like parts of the back half, but like, I feel like that's where the core of this is. Um, just really good. And her voice, um, sometimes sounds like almost like a Katie Lang or a, 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 a a yeah. Nico case, but then well, other well, times well, it sounds like Laurie Anderson. Like she's got this incredible well, it, and range let's talk about that because that plays because, against because the, the range in the range in NY Oak was it really actually opened up. I mean, it was right. great on the earlier albums, but it really did open up in Civilian. Yes, correct. And, all, and then right. you realize not only not not just she had a great voice, she has one of the great voices. It is yes. instantly instantly identifiable, and it is powerful, and. I sort of wish there were more power exerted on this album. I mean, I think that's yeah. part of why I was... Well, anyway, keep going. No, 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 no. No, I mean, like, keep... part of what's interesting is she plays up in her upper register against some of the synth, because it is very dulcity. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a word, dulcity? I just added a Y to a word. Makes it a word. Uh, it's very... The, 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 other, the instrumentation can be sort of dulcet, like on some of these very synth-heavy songs, and she plays in her upper register against that. There are some songs later where she drops it down a little bit yeah, and it gets a little um, sort of grittier, but uh, her Y Oak voice to me is sort of on the, more on the bottom end. And so this was mm-hmm. interesting to hear how much she's able to do just on this album. Right. Um, and, and, and bring to that. I don't know if I was going to add more to that. I just, I feel like I, Somewhere in between what she usually does with Y Oak and the majority of she, what she does here might be the place to the, to, the sweet to, spot. Yeah, but it's hard for me to pick nits. I mean, I and I am picking nits because yeah, yeah. I do like a lot of this. Yeah, so. um, yeah, because I think I think what it what this demonstrates and and all this not just like musically but like lyrically. I mean, her topics are generally the same, I and mean, this album is more or less about her. Um, Love and, and loss. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it, it, it demonstrates, like, yet again, like, how clear an understanding she has of how you execute on an, on an emotion and making someone else feel that. Mm-hmm. And whether or not, you know, we say it a lot here, that a good song is a good song, whether it's wrapped in, like, metal, whether it's wrapped in hip-hop, Bro country, bro country, or whether it's wrapped in in an electronic pop with an '80s sheen, and and it's true, uh, and I think uh, almost this is almost uh, the opposite of the, of the Isbell theory. I th- I think mm. if you because she's definitely written some great songs. Oh yeah, like and I think that one, uh, the joke on this is is one of them. Yeah, I think Semaphore is one of them. Uh, I think Ida Glow is also really yeah, good. Uh, you know, but but it's almost like the opposite of Jason Isbell. Like you'll stick with him because like eventually something will pop up. Like with her, I think it's like it's guaranteed, and the the rate of return is just increasing. Mm-hmm. It's a um, your Isabel theory is built around the notion of. I like this artist. I like what they do. They continue to do high quality work, even if half of the album is stuff I'm, yes. not, I'm not in love with. I'm still going to buy this album because I 
I'm buying the canon. Not, not even half of the stuff is, I'm not in love with. It's, half of the stuff is just not a good song. Right. I'm buying the canon. Yes. Right. I don't think this is about the canon. I think what you're hearing here is a really, someone we recognize as a, a really good artist who has just exerted uh, an exponential amount of growth and executed in a way that none of us were really expecting. Nope. And so I think it, it's something totally different uh, to, to be applauded and, and appreciated. So, like, I, you know, who, <laughs> who puts lasers in the middle of a song, like on Ida Glow, other yeah. than David Bowie on uh, Black Star this year? Right. I mean, like, it's just all of a sudden lasers are there. Like, there's some really interesting, cool stuff. There's a lot of really interesting, cool, rhythmic choices. The bass playing and the bass lines on this, uh, uh, especially on the first half of this album, mm-hmm. are really special. Semaphore, obviously, uh, are really interesting. Um, a few times I just wrote in my notes, bass in giant letters. Um, you know, there's also um, playing around with... Um, layering we talked about how a lot of the songs have 45 seconds to a minute of kind of bubbling and building up and then the rhythm kicks in there's a lot of she's almost testing the bounds of what she can add uh without overwhelming the song i think maybe on the latter half there's a few songs that i think there's a little too much like um if if only to be critical for a minute Right, like Minor Justice, the first half of Minor Justice, I was totally in love with, and then the second half, I was like, "Oh, there's like, too much." Like, like look at uh, there's too may- much. Maybe this is a good comparison. Like, look at Aha's right. album, Hunting High and Low. Right. There's about wow. like six nice. songs that are <laughs> fucking phenomenal. Two of them, right. obviously, the single or the two singles, "Sun Always Shines on TV." But not only that, like the the title track, "Hunting High and Low," it's an amazing song, and you have that. But there's nothing on Hunting High and Low that you're like, hey, I'm going to turn that off. Right. And there's also even maybe along the same lines, there's some homage here, like the um, the synth line, the beginning of Given slash Electric Life is mm-hmm. almost a straight pull from When Doves Cry. Sure. Like there's a... Why not? Not though? quite the same drum beat, but the, the synth line is really similar. Like there's an homage there. Even on a song that I don't particularly love, like Flight, like the, the sort of, she she almost took like a Moog um, organ piece and mixed it with like the drum, the drums from the Miami Vice soundtrack and like stuck <laughs> them together. Hammer. Right. And like, it kind of works. Um, that yeah. part, like there's a lot of really interesting experiments that you're not, like, I don't think most people listening to this are going to a hundred percent be like all of these experiments worked, but right. the high percentage of them do in such an interesting way. And you're, you're going to be sort of fascinated by what the attempt, like it's sort of like the long jump when someone just goes for it mm-hmm. and tries <laughs> to jump like 50 feet. Yeah. Like it's just, some of it is so interesting. Yeah. Um, and that's really what's to be applauded about this album is, is just the, 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 the reach. It's really great. So what are you going to do with it? I would love to say I'm going to buy it. I don't know if I'm quite a buy. I'm I'm definitely in a stream phase. Like I said, that four four song run from Joke to Everything Is Happening Today to Semaphore to Ida Glow is like super strong. Yeah, all four of those songs will probably end up on some mix for me. I think there's some strong stuff on the second half of the album that maybe doesn't quite get to where those four songs get. I can't tell you how much I appreciated like. 
just being delighted by the attempt yeah and sort of tickled by it i think it's it's really good i may end up eventually being a buy by the end of the year that's the beauty of our end of the year list like you have the you have the chance to change your vote right i just think i just think this is the first it's a it's one small step for man it's one giant leap for 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 jen wasser jen wasser yeah i think it's like the next iteration of this could be even something more and maybe crystallizing as something a little sharper, but this is like a really great interesting, uh, first foray into, into this endeavor. Yeah. I, I'm very positive. I just can't, I'm not quite at a buy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am a buy and, and it is because I, I, I do share your concerns. I, I think there are stronger parts, but this is, this is how albums go. Right. For me, this is, there are stronger parts to an album. There are weaker parts to an album, but the, the fact that, that, Simply the fact that she made it, and it turned out how it did, because uh, it is the it is literally the most surprising album this year for me. Yeah, having having seen all this develop and being like, well, that's interesting, but uh, and, and pick if, up your guitar. And, and if anybody associated <laughs> with Jen is listening, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not being down on it right now. I'm just saying, like, it was a process. Yeah. And well, the process, the art pro- is a process. The process yeah. ended on this, and it's right. fucking fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is this is absolutely a buy it record for me. Uh, so, uh, Jen Wasner's, uh, if you see me or Flock of Dimes, if you see me, say yes. Uh, is out now, and uh, go get it, or at least check it out. Put on your headband and dance. <laughs> So, uh, Block of Dimes is out there in, in the wilderness right now, uh, and uh, y- you've read all our reviews. Now you've heard ours. I, I, I'm just like the end result is is check it out. I bought it. You wanted to stream it. That, I mean, that, it's definitely that, that's a, worth your time. Yeah, get it in your ears. You know, especially if you are engaging in these streaming wars, as we were talking up front. <laughs> uh, then you can stream this stuff. So find it. Uh, She's going to be on tour uh, with this. Go see her. I would love to see that. Yeah. yeah. I, I would love to see it now, too. Just ha- to see ha- the delivery. Having seen it all develop, yeah. this is, I'm like, damn. Because there's a couple songs where there's like two synths and two guitars and a bass and drums. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, we're not going to get out of here before playing another song, though, this week. And uh, this one is by a guy that uh, we're going to be talking a lot about soon. Uh, and uh, <laughs> because he made a fucking awesome album, name and album's monologue, uh, very much in the vein of Jen Wasner. I mean, this is like taking pop. This, in his case, taking soul and soul pop. Uh, not not even turning it on its ear, but just perfecting it. You know, uh, Aaron Abernathy uh, and his album monologue. He, he is the uh, technically the music director for Black Milk. 
mm. who uh, you might have heard on uh, Marcus Dowling's podcast, taped right down here in this basement where we're sitting right now, uh, talking with him and Aaron about about their career together. But now he's got his own thing with uh, with Nat Turner. I believe they're on a track. Oh, yeah, nice. it, and it's uh, I I can tell you. Having seen them, uh, they they opened like quotes opened for Black Milk. It it was like an yeah. old variety show. It's like the whole thing was just one band, but uh, hands down the best band in, in DC. I've been here for now eight years, and this is the best band I've seen in DC. Mm-hmm. And this is probably one of the better albums I've heard this year, if not one of the best. So he just released a single uh, from this album, and we are obliged to play it. Uh, name of the song is I See You. Name of the album is Monologues. This is Aaron Ab Abernathy, uh, his upcoming album, Monologue. Let's go. I've been watching you, you for a while. Independent with that classic style. Sex appeal that, that no one can match. I can resist, yes, I'm so attached. How oh, you tease me, me, it turns me on. You know exactly just what you're doing. So confident in the way you dress, darling, I'm so
right, Aaron Ab Abernathy, I see you. Uh, if you if you got Prince chills right there, that's that's about the appropriate response, right, yeah. Patrick? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that pre-purple rain Prince. In in the biz, uh, we refer to that shit as being tight, <laughs> and, uh, and and it very much is. That album's out October seventh. And you know, honestly, listen to that after just talking about uh, Jim Wasser and stuff. That could be a sweet double bill, or it'd be sweet to see him work together. Yeah, absolutely. Like that, you know, Jen's got the swagger. She's not Ab, afraid. Ab, Ab can bring it out. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, go out and get that. We're going to be actually. Ab is coming by here. Uh, you get. You're listening to this on Monday. He's coming by here next Saturday. Oh, good. Yeah, we're going to sit down and talk. That'll be great. And we're going to break this down. Uh, break down this album is for Marcus you. Marcus coming. He might be here. All right. He might be here. All right. He already had a shot with him, man. All right. Gonna say. Yeah, he'll probably be here. Um, and uh, and we're gonna talk it out, and then you guys are, are gonna listen to the album because we're gonna shove it in your face, <laughs> and uh, and then you're gonna go see him at Tropicalia. Yeah, that's I mean, that's 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 how life is gonna go from this point on. So uh, that's it for the podcast this week. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you, Patrick, for coming down. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Gus, for sleeping on the couch. Like good you job, do. Gus. Yeah, good job, Gus. Good comments. And, uh, you know, if you like what you heard, please subscribe to us. Uh, please leave us a comment. You can do us that favor in iTunes. You can do it in, let's see, Stitcher. You can do it in Mixcloud. Not SoundCloud yet. It's coming in October. Uh, you can do it in Google Play. Tinder. You can. Grinder. Oh, well, you're jumping <laughs> to the future again. Maybe, maybe on if Tinder. If our podcast is your intro music. If our podcast is your anthem. That's what it's called. So it, and I'll tell you what, first person who makes, <laughs> how, how are we going to spin this? First person who makes our podcast, your anthem, uh, what would be the prize here, Patrick? Six pack of beer. Six pack of beer? Sure. Six pack of beer, your choice. Well, unless it's like, you know, the beer that costs $20,000. There's no beer that costs $20,000. <laughs> Is there? I don't know. Okay. Monetary value cannot exceed. Five ninety nine. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's that. We're 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 about out of here. Uh, you know, do yourself a favor, get out and see some live music. Uh, we'll be back pretty soon, I think. And uh, until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. Talk to you later. <laughs> 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 Kenobi!